Fast Car, the 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 seminal 1988 hit by Tracy Chapman. Yes, which has now become a a country hit with a with a white guy singing it. <laughs> I loved the politics of that moment. I thought that was great, and like that's what America is all about. But I I I think that song is mid. <laughs> Hey, everyone. You're listening to a free preview of the Politics Podcast. Uh, In this episode, Matt and I will discuss all things immigration. So first, how we reached this latest impasse over border security in Congress, Um, then what Democrats agreed to before Republicans pulled their latest bait and switch. Um, Paid subscribers will get to hear a more open-ended conversation about whether the deal Democrats struck was good on its own terms um, and how well or poorly Democrats have played the politics of immigration in general. Uh, So we we hope you enjoy the conversation. And if you like what you're hearing and want to listen to the whole episode, uh, you can upgrade uh, to becoming a paid subscriber at politics.fm. Hello, and welcome to Politics, the podcast. I'm Brian Boitler. And I'm Matthew Iglesias. This week, uh, the GOP's big border security rat fuck. Um, is, it, is it safe to call it that, I think? I think it's... <laughs> it's hard to say. Is there, Maybe there will be a third act. Who, who has fucked whom <laughs> is the question. <laughs> um, but it so, came to an end. Yes, we think so. It, it, this chapter at least appears to be over. Um, so there was an immigration deal, and then Republicans have decided, I think, to filibuster their own immigration bill. So we're going to talk about what the deal is or was. Um, is it a deal that Democrats should have struck? Um, first, I want to do a real quick piece of housekeeping. Um, we saw your notes about our mic levels in the last episode, and I just wanted to take the L on that real quickly. Um, I screwed up. Um and my local audio didn't get recorded. So we had to use the, the group audio and our levels weren't really well matched. Um, but this time I clicked the right link. And so we should be we should be good to go. Um, it's going to be great. I apologize. OK, um, so let me try to bring everyone up to speed. Uh, we're recording Tuesday morning um, on Monday night. Senate Republicans essentially announced that they plan to filibuster their own border security bill. Mitch McConnell had more or less endorsed the bill. He withdrew the endorsement and recommended a filibuster. Um, James Langford, who's the Oklahoma Republican senator and the bill's lead author, he won't even commit to voting for his own plan. Um, And this is basically a Republican border policy wish list, which Joe Biden has said he'd sign. Republicans pulled the plug anyhow. Um, And I think the key to understanding why this weird thing happened is to realize that Republicans did not expect Democrats to make large concessions on the border under basically any circumstances. Like they believed they could cite a quote unquote border crisis as an excuse to block any number of unrelated things. Um, But the thing that Democrats and Joe Biden in particular really wanted was more aid to Ukraine. Um, House Republicans and Donald Trump, I think they seem to just want Russia to win the war in Ukraine. Um, But that is an unpopular position to take. So they said, you don't get Ukraine aid unless you make huge border security concessions to us. And the the switcheroo that we just witnessed happened because Democrats called their bluff. They were like, fine, here you go. And Republicans were suddenly confronted with this near-term future where Ukraine would get a lot of aid. Um... And the border would get so many new resources and reforms that it might actually become like a fairly orderly border. 
Um, and so they came out against the whole thing. And um, so with the bill dead in the House, Senate Republicans are essentially abandoning the plan that they put together. I think it's also worth saying that this was unusually crude. I mean, back in 2010, say, 2011, you and I and other people would frequently say, oh, Republicans are doing X or Y because they don't want the economy to have stimulus because they think that will help Obama. But I I mean, I've got to admit that when I was doing those takes, the takes were a little bit like, hey, guys, if we read between the lines, that's what's going on Mm -hmm. here. Like Trump has just made it the text, right? Like, don't pass this bill. It will help Joe Biden. The real solution to the border is to make the border be as chaotic as possible so I can get elected and then we'll fix it through, it's not even clear exactly how, right? TLDR. And and then most Republican Party politicians are like better at politics than that and have tried to like clean it up and raise different kinds of objections. Langford, I think, before being pressured into abandoning his own bill. The the reason Langford and McConnell were supporting the bill is that, A, they, like many Republican senators, support the Ukraine aid, right? So they, like, wanted to address House conservatives' hold up about this. And B, like, they cared about the border security provisions and felt that they had negotiated a good deal. And there's no, I don't want to say like Republicans haven't raised any criticisms of of the bill, but the criticism isn't like this will make things worse. The criticism is that they're afraid it will make things better. And and they've said that, I mean, fairly explicitly uh, until, you know, until at the last minute, it started to be embarrassing, and so they yes. like they 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 made stuff up about what's in it, essentially. Right. So I think that's the that's the key is that is that for for a few days or weeks at least, the explicit line was, and Mitch McConnell essentially confirmed this. He met with all the Republicans, and he was like, "The politics have changed because Trump doesn't want this to pass because he wants the issue." That's a way of saying he wants the border to be uh, salient in the election and with like visible disorder so that there can be agitprop around it. Um, and the bill might prevent that. So we have to kill the bill. The What they're doing more recently is, is pretending that the bill that would essentially close the border for like nine out of 10 days or most of the month, like given how, well, how steady flows have been lately, are saying... This is an open borders bill that would let thousands of asylum seekers in. You know, so they're just lying. Let, let's well. So let, let me let me talk yeah, about what's, let, what's what's yes. in the bill. I I I I broke all my rules and I spent a lot of time on the telephone yesterday talking to people about this bill. <laughs> uh, so okay, I, I think like the right way to think about this is that people have a right under American law to claim asylum in the United States. It is not illegal immigration to make an asylum claim. That being said, I think if you think about how that should go, it's like somebody picks you up, you don't have a visa. We're going to deport you because you don't have a visa. And then you say, no, I am claiming asylum. And then there should be some method through which, you know, that is adjudicated. And if you don't receive asylum, you know, you uh, presumably would be deported. What has occurred over the past 10, but particularly five years, is that 
more people, people learned that you should just sort of always claim asylum and hope for the best. And that started to clog up the asylum processing system to the point where the American government does not have the capacity to detain people while waiting for their asylum claim to be adjudicated, in part because it takes so long to adjudicate an asylum claim. So that's like a literal resource issue. But then you reach a resource tipping point, which we're now well past, such that if you if you clear a uh, credible fear screening, you will be oftentimes released into the United States for a period of years pending the adjudication of your asylum claim. Republicans have come to characterize this situation as the border is open, right? It's not legally an open border situation. People are being apprehended. They are being processed. They are going through a credible fear screening. If they pass that screen, they are now in a legal system that theoretically should, in fact, end with their removal from the country unless they have a valid asylum claim. But realistically speaking, you have years bouncing around the United States in which you either can try to get permission to work, you can try to work under the table, or else cities have like a problem of indigent asylum claimants that they need to deal with. It's very chaotic. It's very bad. And the Biden administration's initial take on this was it's a pure resource problem. You need to give us more money to just manage the flow of people so that we can make it more orderly. And then Republicans came back to that and said, look, we just don't like agree with the idea of granting asylum to huge quantities of people. If you want more resources, we're concerned that that's just going to mean like more people getting asylum. So we also want policy changes that will make it tougher to, to get asylum. And in particular, they wanted to make, make it so that fewer people pass the credible fear screening. Right. And more people are just sort of turned away at front. And uh, Jed Johnson, who was the Homeland Security Secretary under Obama, he had been advocating that change going way back to 2014, 2015. Uh, So, you know, Democrats were willing to make that concession. Then the concerns started to get raised by Republicans where they were like, well, okay, but like we don't trust Joe Biden. Right. Like we just think maybe he'll let the border open. Right. Maybe he wants to do the great replacement, something like that. So that was how they got this trigger. Right. Where essentially the exact math of it is complicated. But if more than 5000 people per day are coming for like a week straight, which has been the case recently, there would be no discretion. And the secretary of Homeland Security would have to start summarily rejecting all asylum claims, right? Um, That's a big concession for Democrats. Democrats have been trying to say, we need to get the border under control, we need to have more security, but we also want to uphold the sort of procedural rights of asylum claimants. Well, and like the Statue of Liberty style vision of America, right? Like, they don't want to buy in too much to this idea that, like, give us your tired, your hungry, your poor, but only in small batches. Well, right? I mean, I, I just think it's the, the question d- Democrats have been saying we want to not reject valid asylum claims, right? Even though 
that means like like adjudicating these claims fairly requires resources it creates problems it lets people try to exploit it as a loophole but democrats have been saying that like granting asylum to people with valid claims is important and republicans have been saying we should brush that off right that that's what ultimately the pretext of covid was about you know just saying we won't grant claims even if they're valid um so Democrats made this big concession, right, which is that if the volume of asylum claims becomes gets over this threshold, there just won't be any more adjudication. Um, Republicans, House Republicans started turning that inside out and characterizing it as lying. Bi- bi- yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, Biden is going to let in 5,000 people per day. And that's not what's going on. What, what the bill says is that at maximum, that many asylum claims will be adjudicated. The idea being that that is a feasible number to actually adjudicate, and that if you do that, you can adjudicate these things promptly, right? And again, the theory of the case, which I think is reasonable, is that if the asylum claim is decided quickly, that's better than the status quo for people with valid asylum claims, but it's much worse than the status quo for people with invalid asylum yes. claims. Well, but so, here, I mean, I, I, I have a question about yeah. the incentive system here because it, it strikes me as um, like um, uh, like like overbearing or or punitive in a, in, a, in a way without creating a disincentive to any particular asylum seeker or somebody who intends yes to claim asylum, I, right I, like if you say we are going to uh, adjudicate zero asylum claims if there's over five thousand like it sounds like the sort of thing where in the community of asylum seekers that say we better get our act together and 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 keep the flows down but that's not really how i, I yeah and i mean i, I want to be clear i mean this was right there was like a Chris Murphy, Joe Biden vision of how we get the border under control that I think would not have included this provision. And then there was Republicans were saying, like, you need to do something. You need I, I need something that I can take back to my constituents who hate you and think you're just going to double cross us and say, like, this is my fail safe. Right. This is how like we stick it to Joe Biden. We can take him to court if he hasn't shut down the border. So like that's why that's in there. I, I it's it's weird and like a crude provision, right? Because it it presupposes that you can uh, act in you can incentivize you mean, like, smugglers. Right, right, yeah. right. So I mean, you know, that being said, like, you know, when people say like this is a compromise like that. That's the comp- from Democrat standpoint, right? There's two big giveaways. One yes, is that I want to get to the other one. One right? is that like, tr- or I guess three actually, right? One is that they accepted a lot of restrictions on the president's ability to parole people, uh, which is to just say like, you're allowed in temporarily, right? So, so Biden's discretion over that would have been constrained. Um, the other is that, you know, you would have this mandatory shutdown if too many people came through. And then the other is that you would expand the expedited removal authority, which uh, Dara Lynn did, did a good uh, piece for, for me on Slow Boring about. This really has nothing to do with 
the border security situation uh, because people who are apprehended near the border are already eligible for expedited removal. This is something that will make it easier for a hypothetical future Republican administration to deport people who've been in the country for a long time. Yes. And so I would say those are like the three big I, I, if if you assume that like securing the border is actually something that people of good faith in both parties want to do, which I think is the right way to to handle it, like you shouldn't think of that as the concession to Republicans. The concession to Republicans is that the balance of discretion was shifted so that it's harder for a pro-immigrant president to use executive discretion to let people in, and it's easier for an anti-immigration president to use discretion to kick people out, right? So yes, th- those I mean, are th- those are like the the wins that Langford scored and that, you know, are not... Um, it's, it's hard to make a lot of sense out of what Donald Trump is is ever saying on the policy merits but like the the expedited removal thing like he's going to miss um if if he becomes president it's like it's not uh well i, I want to put a pin in that cuz i'm not <laughs> okay. sure and actually <laughs> sort of part of the reason why I'm, i don't dread the the concessions that democrats made is this question like does donald trump need it but i don't want to get to it just yet sure oh, okay well fair enough a- at any rate then the other thing obviously is the the Ukraine aid, which was important to Biden. And also, I mean, Mike Johnson, as far as I could tell, he was trying to paper over a disagreement, right? Like a bunch of his members agree with Donald Trump. They love Vladimir Putin. They want Russia to win the war. A bunch of his other members like disagree with that and would like there to be aid to Ukraine. And so initially they came up with this border security linkage as a way to avoid having, you know, intra-caucus fighting about Ukraine. They could just all agree that like they hate Joe Biden, right? And now, I I mean, Johnson has, I, I think in terms of having the issue against Biden, I feel like Republicans played themselves. I mean, I would love to say, I think Joe Biden is going to say, like, we had a great deal to fix problems at the border and Mike Johnson killed it. Um, I'm not sure that this bill really would have fixed the problems at the border. It would have improved them. Like, I, I, I am two thumbs up on, like, these extra resources would have helped the Biden administration at the margin get a handle on these things. But, like, in the real world, it's not like... um it's not like all these extra asylum officers and border agents and CSIS officials, they wouldn't have materialized out of thin air in time for the election. Right? Like, um, and, and now, you, you know, you have a much, but like, but like, yeah. the, but like the, the, the crude instrument could be deployed, right? The like, if we're over 5,000 a day, we're just throwing everyone out. Like, right. Except it's hard to just throw everyone out. You know what I mean? Like th- this is like there's a there's there's like the border as a discourse object. But you know, back when George W. Bush was president and people were not making these asylum claims, there was tons of illegal immigration because it's like a challenging logistical problem. I, anyway, I mean, I I just I, you know, I, so I, I don't I, really I, yeah. I I I want to I want to because if if Joe Biden didn't think that this was going to help his politics, if he was just this is a worthwhile deal to cut because I want the Ukraine aid because I agree with some of the 
border security provisions long term, and it's worth it to give Republicans the expedited removal authority and the and the and the hard limit on asylum claims. Right. If he just thought it was a good deal, he could say, fine, if you're worried about the election, let's just start like enact the bill now and it won't take effect until 2025. But like, that's not. No, what I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think I, I, I do think they believe that all this stuff will help them. I just mean, like, in terms of if you want the issue, right? Like the reason border security has always been such a slippery political issue is you think about anything, right? Like if you, you know, read news accounts of, you know, life in Jacksonville, Florida, um, more than zero cars get stolen in Jacksonville, Florida, which just doesn't mean there's like no law against stealing cars, right? But like Republicans make these demands of perfect enforcement of um, border security laws. Well, they also want tourists and commerce to be able to proceed from Mexico. And there's like no real way to to do that. I, I think from Biden's perspective, you know, the thing about this bill is that it would get him the resources he's been asking for in terms of ability to hire more people. I think that shifting the asylum claims out of the immigration courts and into USCIS so that they can dispense with them more quickly just like is a big win. That's what like Democratic mayors would like. That's what everybody would like. There's also these like other kind of side policy concessions that Democrats got. Um you know, we got some additional immigrant visas. We got to change the naturalization process for immigrants serving in active duty military. They got this thing they called the Afghan Adjustment Act because there's these people who were paroled into the country uh, after the fall of Kabul, you know, translators, other people who, who served in the American military. This would give them legal permanent residency. And I think the most important thing, you know, w- when the White House sort of makes the case for this is that in the long run, this will preserve the asylum system by making it like function, right, in a way that it hasn't. Because otherwise, I think the demand for something closer to uh, so so Trump, when he was president, he cited this is called Section Two Twelve F of uh, one of the Immigration Acts from the nineteen fifties, and he tried to invoke a clause there to just say he could reject all asylum claims out of hand um, permanently. That got enjoined by a district court in uh, the Bay Area and then further enjoined by the Ninth Circuit. He was appealing to the Supreme Court at the time Joe Biden got elected. So to an extent, we're just like rolling the dice on what happens with that order if Trump wins, right? Like, does does the Supreme Court say he can do that? Can he implement an order like that with the actual resources at hand? If you look, I, I think it was the New York Times reported, like, Stephen Miller has this idea that, like, the National Guard is going to do it all. And I feel like it's going to be real chaos that... Yeah, so I think... Yeah. You seem to be saying that, like, there, there's a... there's a for For Democrats or liberals who don't like this deal and think it, they're fine that it died. There's a careful what you wish for angle to it because what's coming if Trump wins the election might be much worse. And I take that point, but I, I, I do feel like there is something about the premise of like 5,000 a day max mm-hmm. where we shut down the border. And I, th- the, the premise is essentially, and maybe it's correct today that 
if there are 5,000 asylum claims a day, only a very small percentage of those are going to be valid. There's something there, there there's something almost fake about the like the idea that there's an emergency driving people north that they need to claim asylum from. It's just about like better opportunity, our country's richer than theirs, and most of these people don't need asylum, they just want to be immigrants. Right. And may, okay, maybe that maybe that's accurate right now. But like in 5 years there could be a genuine global crisis maybe directly south of the border that actually creates thousands more than 5000 say daily people claiming asylum like for real yeah and like is there is there any kind of failsafe in this bill that says in the event of world war 3 style mm-hmm. refugee situation we are we can lift that so yeah the, so i mean so the the president would retain parole authority in in the event of this kind of situation. Um, so, although it's hard to say because, you know, there's court cases in both directions, right? So there's an unresolved judicial question as to whether Trump had categorically expelled too many people. And there's another court case that's also undecided, which is about whether Biden has violated his authority by letting in too many people. I think it's the Nicaragua, Haiti, uh, Cuba program. So, you know, sometimes I do the like, be careful what you wish for thing when it's like, you know, like leftists complaining about Biden and climate. This is just, I think, genuinely uncertain. There's like a number of unlitigated issues or issues where the litigation is not finalized around both presidential parole authority and presidential expulsion authority, um, where, you know, we don't know what the courts are going to come up with. I tend to be cynical about the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And I think it's like a little bit unlikely that the way the Supreme Court handles these ambiguously written 70-year-old statutes is going to be um, very favorable to liberals. I I do accept, though, that, you know, if, if you talk to the sort of progressive immigration advocacy community, that involves a lot of immigration lawyers in it. Like that that's sort of who who they are in a kind of fundamental level. They have a lot of belief in like like laws and lawyering and the the legal system. And they they put a lot of stock in the idea that like there are important statutory checks on Donald Trump's authority in place and they worry a lot about refusing them. Um I, I'm not sure that I have as much credence in John Roberts as they do. Yeah. Well but so I'm not even like, sure John Roberts is the is the issue. Maybe maybe this is a good right. place to like to like pull the paywall into effect okay. <laughs> and, and continue and continue the conversation about the, like now we know it's in the bill. Let's talk about the merits. Um, if, uh, uh, if you're wondering whether this bill represented like a major sellout and Democrats are just owning themselves once again, or if you think maybe it's like a clever gambit and a wise set of reforms, you can go to politics.fm and upgrade your subscription and hear the rest of the conversation.